You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in. We are back in the saddle. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And this is Winning Cures Everything. This is our weekly Tuesday night gathering, our our get-together, our, what would you like to call this? I don't know. It's the time <laughs> that we actually do this in person. Where we actually get to get together, get to get together. Sure. I think that's how you'd say that. All right. And, uh... And just have a nice long conversation about some of the crap that is going on in sports and is coming up in sports and whatnot. Uh, I think we're going to have a, uh, a guest call in that if you are a regular listener of the show or a viewer of the show, uh, you have heard him several times, but we will see what his schedule is like. But uh, we wanted to get him in to talk about Wilder Fury this weekend. We'll talk about Brett Bielema and the situation with Michigan State and Colorado and all of that whole mess. We'll talk a little Charlie Strong to Alabama. We'll talk college basketball. We'll talk some Astros uh, and whether or not the punishments were severe. We're, we're just gonna we're just gonna shoot the shit for tonight. That's a, and I would like to do this going forward once a week. Just whatever kind of topics are out there, I want us to be able to hit them and still have a good time with it. Does that, that sound all right? Sure. Okay. All right. I'm ready. You guys know the website winningcureseverything.com. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos. Social media platforms, etc. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Obviously, if you were on YouTube, you can see all of that stuff right there. Or you can just go to the website, winningcureseverything.com. has all of it. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure that you uh, hit subscribe and that you like the video and that you leave us some comments. Uh, this one is going live right now, so go on and check that bad boy out. Uh, share the show out if you would so kindly. We would uh, we would appreciate that, Chris. So you've been back from Disney for a week, right? Okay. And we'll get into the the advertisement here in just a minute. Um, how long did it take you to get acclimated, I like mean, back into real life? Monday it started back work. It took a day. Yeah. Now is it like? 
my, our wives were off work yesterday, right? Okay. Seems like it takes my wife a little longer to get back into the swing of things, even after having like a day off work when like not that much changes. Is that weird? I'm, I don't have, I don't have much of a comment on that. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say here. Well, no, no, no. It's not, it's not anything bad. It's just like the schedule changes a little bit. So then you have to get kind of back into, well, a I mean, routine. it's, it's no different than from Sunday to Monday, but it, you got an extra day and then, it's now Monday to Tuesday. Okay. Okay. I I feel differently <laughs> than most people about this. Like, I don't get into the whole adulting thing and like, oh, I can't adult today. Like, do I like responsibility? No. Do I like having to wake up and go to work and pay bills? And stuff? No. It's not fun. No, but at the end of the not. day, it's, it's just life. And the more, like, there are actual real things to bitch about. Yeah, and so the fact that you had an extra day off, and so it throws off your Tuesday. Oh, it's not anything to complain about. Like, like she's I'm not, not complaining. I'm not really. I'm not really sure. Like, I just wake up every day, and I know what I'm supposed to do that day. Yeah, and I just go do it. Yeah, and see, you know, so I may, don't need like a swing. Yeah, like there's no swing that I get in of in 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 or out of. I I just wake up and I do all the things that I'm supposed to do that day. It may it may change a little bit for you because like you don't have you don't have to be at a job at You're eight right. o'clock every single day. Like That's right. every day is different. Daily. Some days I've got to be out of the house by five a.m. Some days I don't have to be out of the house until nine a.m. Some days I don't have that, to leave until three p.m. That kind of changes things. It is different, but it, it's I still wake up at the same time every day. Yeah, when it's time to get the kids ready for school when they have school, I Monday I woke up and I went to work and I noticed everybody in my house is still asleep. Yeah. All right, great. I came home for lunch, <laughs> which I get a lot of work done usually at home. And I realized, oh, all these people are here. All right, well, that sucks. So then I just leave and I just drive around because I don't get anything done with them here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I see where you're coming from on that. Uh, it is very difficult to get anything done with Lincoln. So I was trying to do college basketball picks last Saturday. And it is impossible, like to try and do the research and whatnot, because my wife works every other Saturday, uh, helping somebody else with their business and whatnot, and she's gone from eight a.m. to one. So it's just me and the boy. But that that's impossible, like I. But that's kind of become our routine, right? Like it, Saturday mornings, I go get the boy up. We play around for a little while. He has to sit in the playpen for a little bit, but we've we've gotten into a routine. And now that I'm thinking about it, like, I have a routine even for, like, my off days. Yeah. You know, I get up, I do my college basketball numbers, and then I do whatever else I need to throughout the day. And that's it. I never leave the house anymore. Like, this is the only place I go during the week. (laughs) I've gotten to where I leave the house a lot. I mean, I, I go to work, but I come right home. Like, I'm immediately back home. Um. A place that, that I should go more often that I don't is Tunica, Mississippi. Nice transition there, wasn't it? Pretty good. That was good. Pretty Tunica, good. Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They've got six incredible sports books. You can find more information on those and their concerts and their comedians coming through, all the different shows, all the different like bar bands that they've got. They've got great food places. I'm telling you, everything is awesome. Go and check it out. Tunicatravel.com is the website. Do yourself a favor, check that thing out. Let's get into some sports. 
Let's okay. let's talk sports a little bit. Um, Mel Tucker took the Colorado State job, and or the Colorado he took the uh, Michigan State job. He left Colorado, and I first I haven't really talked to you about that. Tell me tell me your thoughts on that situation. Um, like, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, I, I think Michigan State. Maybe we didn't. Maybe that was our group chat that we all talked yeah, about. Yeah, it was, it was the group chat. I, I find it just... It happened of, last Tuesday at like midnight. I so. kind of find it ridiculous that all these athletic directors who are highly compensated individuals and usually highly educated individuals are so bad at the one thing I think is their number one job. Now, maybe this isn't their number one job. Maybe hiring coaches, they're an athletic director... You're basically over all of the athletics. I would think that the most important job that they have is not fundraising, but hiring the men and women that are going to lead all of the athletic programs that they have. Yeah. Right? It seems to me that's the one thing they're all just universally bad at. And it's not that they're not making good hires. It's not, not making good hires. It's they never have a plan. And if they have a plan... They find a way to cock it up. I mean, Mississippi yeah, okay, State okay. is a prime example of they got the right guy. Yeah, they got so. the best possible option in the entire country to come coach them. They went about nine ways around the drain to, to be able to get, get there. there. Yeah, and I'm thinking, you know what? A phone call would have saved you thousands of dollars in airplane, private jets flying to talk to all these guys, and I think. Do these athletic directors just want to fly around in a private jet? Do they just want to spend the boosters' money? Do they just want to piss money away because it's not theirs? They don't yeah. give a shit. They just fundraise some more, get a little bit more, and well, it doesn't and matter. And then they'll get their TV money back. Here's the thing about fundraising. And then they though. interview you, all these people, and they waste all their damn time. You're talking well, to all these coaches. And they interview them in the wrong order. Like it, well, that's, that's their it. Their guy was Fickle. If you wanted Luke Bingo. Fickle... You go interview him first, and I understand there there was talk about he wanted to wait until it was a little further after signing day, and I, I understand that. But no if problem. he's your guy. But if he's your guy, you do then, everything you can. Yes. Listen, we're already past signing day, so it's not like you got yeah. a high guy right now. The difference between giving him four days is what he asked for, four days. Yeah. Four, same thing happened to Mississippi State. The first time, because of two weeks, they hired Moorhead. Because Bill Clark... And and Neil Brown both said we took programs that weren't expected to go to bowl games to bowl games for the first time in a long time, and we would like to lead our teams in bowl games before we start talking about other jobs. And Mississippi State said, "We're sorry, I need an answer today." Yeah, because we're a big school and you're at a little school. And they said, "Then go fuck yourself." Yeah, pretty much. So, um, so yes, if if Luke Fickle is your guy. Who I think Luke Fickle is substantially a better coach than Mel Tucker, in my opinion, personal yeah. opinion, just my well, I mean, it, one man's opinion. You've seen it, like that—that's the thing, right? He's taken a smaller school in a lesser conference to a better place than a bigger school with more money, more athletic resources. But but we've only seen Tucker do it for one year. Like that's it. One year he he won five games. Yeah, but he won. That's what I'm saying. He he's only been a head coach for one year. Okay, like I agree. So, if you think that, like, I don't think there's any way to say that he isn't going to be better Correct. than Fickle. Don't know that he's going to be bad. But I don't know that he's going to be better than Fickle. 
we just don't know because he's completely unproven. And yet, the money that they gave Mel Tucker, if you had just Offered. waited yeah. and given it to the guy that you wanted to begin with, you would have got him. There's no possible way that Fickle can turn down $5.6 million a year and all that for his assistance, yeah. right? So the other part of this is you you have to grossly overpay him because you, the administration, messed it up for him. Yeah. You let it leak out that he was talking to you. That's why he said, you want to come back to me? Yeah. Oh, no, you're going to pay me now because you've now burned the bridge of everywhere I'm at. Exactly. The place I'm at, you let it leak that I have a job currently under underemployment and that we talked. And so now I, the coach, have to go back to all my people because you then walked away from this interview and didn't give me the job. Right. So it's in your responsibility to keep this hush-hush. If you ever want to have a good relationship with coaches in the future, because now I have to go play cleanup at my own administration, then you turn around a week later and double my salary, offer me you know yeah. almost six million dollars, and then I gotta say yeah after I just told these people. After I just told, I everybody. really I'm not yeah. leaving. I didn't really even talk to them. I didn't entertain it at all. Like <laughs> now, but that's all. That's all the administration for Mississippi, uh, Michigan State. And 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 they're just complete ineptitude of of being able to run a coaching search. Yes. yes. The other thing is this. So we're going to talk about Colorado. So that transitions us to Colorado. The Colorado Open. They're talking about Bilma. I, I think Bilma's world's better than Mel Tucker as a head coach. Yeah, he's he's completely proven. Is now, Colorado going to end up with a better coach, like a well, okay. far superior coach? Here's here's a question for you then. Um. Because I, I've gotten people hitting me up on Twitter telling me that they don't want Burt. They want Sarkeesian. Okay. And and it, it apparently other people have talked about this. Like Paul Feinbaum came out and said, I think Sark's going to get the Colorado job. And when he does, I think Alabama's going to take $2 million, $2.5 million, and go get Hugh Freeze to be their offensive coordinator. Now, I think all of that is just completely ridiculous and outlandish. But because of Sark knowing the Pac-12, does yeah. that make him a better option? Like, Bielema has never coached out there. So this is the difference between weak leadership and strong leadership. As much as I'm not a fan all the time of the SEC leadership, there's no way on earth that the SEC commissioner would allow a coach to have coached at one place, left, left Washington for USC, get fired for being intoxicated on the field while coaching a game and then allow that coach to come back to my conference. Somebody, Greg Sankey, damn sure Mike Sly, would have put that fist down and said, no. Yeah. He's not working in my conference again. You don't want you want him to be your head coach? Find another conference to play in. But now we all understand that the Pac-12 commissioner it's completely different. is the most overpaid human being on the face of the planet. I agree with that. Larry Scott is definitely, uh, he's not very good at his job. And he's not going to tell these, these these administrations no at all because no. he wants to keep that job. Yeah. That because, he, because he's disgustingly overpaid. Yeah. He's going to continue to be paid. Like, just 
Oodles now I didn't money. know about the Sark stuff. If they if they were to take so I, mean, I still think I think as much as I'm not a Sark guy, I think Sark's better than Mel Tucker. I think Colorado's going to end up with a better coach. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, I can, I just cannot be, I cannot believe Bielema didn't get the Michigan State guy. He didn't get a look. And and I wonder if maybe that had something to do with the way that he left Wisconsin because you what? know a lot of those at the but a hang lot of on those administrators. How did he leave Wisconsin? He was not happy with the way that things. Well, he you won't pay my. You yeah. won't pay my staff. And now they're paying everybody's staff. So why would hang on? Why why would they be upset with him? I'm just, for I'm wanting just that as a coach. They just hired a coach who demanded that, and they said, okay, they they get that. I mean, it's not like he burned a bridge. No, that's true. And maybe public, it might have been because he was at Wisconsin. He like publicly called, and he's a and he's a Iowa grad, and so they just. Don't want a Big Ten guy. I don't know. I, I guess. Heaven I forbid we we hire somebody who can recruit the state of Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa. Yeah. Who can bring in the biggest, baddest, nastiest offensive lineman in the country? We don't want that. I know, right? That doesn't make it, any sense at all. I don't. I don't understand it. But I do think if if Bielema does get the Colorado job, I think they did upgrade. Yes, I think they absolutely I, now, upgraded. I absolutely think it's going to take some time for him to get those offensive linemen in Colorado. Oh, yeah, I mean he's going to have that, to find them. That, they're going to. You're talking about a three to four win team for the next. Yeah, in, for for at least two years. You're talking about a school that because they're now in the Pac-12, everybody thinks well they need to go and recruit in Arizona and California and where on the West Coast. No, no, no Colorado can, was a Big Twelve, like a big. I mean, they were yeah. Big Twelve before, but Big Eight, whatever. He can he can absolutely. Go into Texas and in the Midwest, Nebraska. He can take the best offensive lineman out of all those schools. I think he can, and yeah. he can build that offensive line. Now, rookie freshman offensive linemen don't amount to much in, in major college. But the thing is, the Pac-12 is there for the taking, dude. If he gets the if he gets Colorado to a percentage, just a fraction of what he got Wisconsin in their heyday, yeah, it's over, man. It's yeah. over unless one of those other schools take a big step forward. It is over. I think you're. Uh, they are going to. It's going to be weird. We have a guest. All right. <laughs> hello, hello. Up. Oh, hang on one second. All right. I think we got you. There we go. How are you guys? Wonderful. For everybody that is watching, listening, etc., we got TJ Reeves from the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. Uh, yeah, Twitter at Buck Sideline Guy. Uh, what is the name of the college basketball podcast? By the way, do a college basketball podcast, college basketball coast to coast. Very clever original name. So you can uh, you can find that show at CBB Coast to Coast. The number two CBB. The number two Coast to Coast. So uh, yeah, lots of college hoops this time of year. Oh yeah, lots of uh, lots of marching towards March, and I have a feeling you might even want to talk a little Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, the sequel coming this week. Well, because you you so also can, uh, touch you, on that as well. You've got a podcast, uh, Big Fight Weekend, right? I'm a, I'm a man of many podcasts. Yes, Big you Fight are. Weekend. That's right, the Big <laughs> Fight Weekend website and that podcast. I'm a man of many podcasts, so Big Fight Weekend will be previewing. Uh, Fury and Wilder on that podcast as well, so I'm dabbling all over the place. Well, How you guys been? Man, we are fantastic. Chris did his um, he did his Disney World uh, trip, and right. and I have been kind of running the uh, the ship. Uh, we've been a little rudderless, but we're we're still making it work. 
and things are good. Things are good. How's uh, how's Florida well, right now? Well, Florida is good. We're still standing after the Giannini's were here in Central Florida, apparently, <laughs> for at least a few days. I do have to say, Brother Giannini, I am apparently I'm disappointed because to this second, I don't have the selfie of you and Patrick Mahomes from the Disney parade, the Main Street parade. I'm dis- I'm disappointed that that did not happen. Uh, uh, but maybe maybe at another time. I mean, I, when I are you and he ever going to be at the happiest place on earth again, my friend? Come on. I wasn't worried about Patrick. He's all right. <laughs> He's all right. He's all right. He's no Tom. He's all right. He's no Tom. I do, I do, have, I do have selfies with me and Chewbacca. <laughs> that, well, and, you know, in that. some ways, that would outrank a Patrick Mahomes. I would, I would venture to say that the dollars generated right now, Chewbacca <laughs> is substantially in the lead. I would, uh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, let's go on and talk about Wilder Fury. Yes. Big-time matchup this weekend. MGM Grand in Vegas, Saturday, February 22nd. Uh, it's on pay-per-view, and this is interesting from a, a number of different directions right one you've got pcb and top rank coming together for a pay-per-view so you can get it on espn plus you can get it at any of your normal pay-per-view stops uh they have done a a pretty good job promoting this normally i'm used to tyson fury coming out in in spitting a whole lot of hate right he just does a lot of trash talking etc they've kind of let this fight sell itself haven't they Yes, to a degree, and obviously the controversy of the first fight with the fight being ruled a draw, even though most believe Fury won more of the 12 rounds, despite, as you see in all the promos, suffering the 12th round knockdown, the dramatic knockdown by Deontay Wilder, uh, where it's still amazing that that knockdown happened with over a minute and a half left in the final round, and Wilder couldn't put him away. So you have all, all kinds of subplots from that first fight. But you're right, Fury's done a good job of selling this, it's on Fox pay-per-view and ESPN pay-per-view. You know, we're early in the week at the time that we're taping this, but the hype train has left the station, and it will be up to full locomotive speed by about Friday afternoon for this thing on Saturday night. It'll be publicized everywhere. And I don't think it's an exaggeration, guys, to say that it is the most significant heavyweight title fight, uh, certainly involving an American uh, in 20 years, and, and the last big one of significance was in your area, in your town, in, in Memphis, pyramid. at the Pyramid with Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson. Absolutely. This is probably the biggest deal worldwide involving an American heavyweight champ or former champ in 20 years. Uh, it, it's, it's not an over-exaggeration to say that. It's, it's that big of a deal, and the fact that Wilder's undefeated and such a knockout guy has everybody wondering, is he going to um, uh, avenge the fact that he didn't finish Fury off in the first fight, guys? And and Fury, to his credit, uh, has looked really, really good since, right? Um, I, I'm curious, you know, this is a massive fight. Everybody wanted Wilder and Joshua. It. Do you think that... All right, so let me let me gather my thoughts here. Wilder Fury, the first time, did 300,000 pay-per-views. It was at the Staples Center in L.A. It just, it it had some hype. It didn't have a ton. This one now has oodles of hype on it. Correct. I think that this fight would actually be bigger than Wilder Joshua at this point. Am I crazy maybe. for thinking that? Well, maybe, because the, the big hook here is that Joshua is 
a bigger star in Europe and in particular in the UK than Tyson Fury is currently but, now. But, get, but is he? Get, like, is he still? Get back, but get back to me. Well, get back to me after Saturday night because if Fury wins this fight, which I don't yeah. think he will, then at that point, I think the argument can be made that Tyson Fury is the bigger deal. Uh, Joshua was was the unbeaten former Olympic champion. Uh, you know, several huge knockout wins, had three of the heavyweight title belts, and then he got upset last June by Andy Ruiz, a complete out-of-nowhere kind of journeyman, uh, up-and-coming, little-known American fighter, stopped him, shocked him in his U.S. debut. So that, that really derailed the possibility of Joshua and uh, Deontay Wilder fighting at the end of last year or the beginning of this year, and that put really the rematch with Fury back into motion for Deontay Wilder to happen first. But there, there's no doubt that's the next biggest fight for whoever wins this on Saturday in Vegas. For either Wilder or Fury, there is a lucrative probably $30, $40 million or more awaiting them to fight Anthony Joshua uh, if and when they can make that fight this fall, this winter, later in 2020. Hopefully before we're not all gray and in the nursing home that we'll get to see Joshua and either Wilder or Fury, guys. I, I just wonder how much that first loss to Ruiz hurt Joshua. Like, I, I it, it just doesn't feel like there's any kind of buzz about him at all. There's no talk of him around this fight. Um, and there was so much buzz about him around the first fight. So, it, it just, I, I wonder... Like, is it going to be as lucrative as... And like, I think I think Fury and Joshua in England would be massive. But I, I, I don't know how much Wilder would care about it. This guy, Now, obviously, he would want to knock his teeth in because that's what Wilder does. But I don't know. I just... I, I feel like they, they missed their chance. It was kind of like, you know, Pacquiao and Mayweather. Like, right. they... Yeah, they did 4.4 million pay-per-view buys. But if they had done it at the peak when everybody was really, really into it and there was so much buzz about it, I mean, it could have broken six. Like, I just, I don't, I don't understand boxing. I hate boxing. Like, I love boxing, well, but I hate the, the, all the politics. The politics, the, yes. the politics, the corruption, all the, all the things that have, that have so troubled the sport. But here's, here's uh, the, the uh, reality of, of what we're staring at. Wilder and Joshua, and to an extent Fury too, but Wilder and Joshua realize the, the next biggest fight is against each other, is against the two of them. So we're at that point where, I mean, at this, at this present time, Deontay's now made a ton of money, but the biggest, the most lucrative payday is to tee it up with Anthony Joshua, whether that's in the U.K., whether that's at Madison Square Garden, whether they fight that fight in Las Vegas, which Joshua was only fought one time in the United States. It was at the Garden. Maybe he comes yep. to fight in Las Vegas where everybody can gamble on it. We'll wait and see. But again, for Deontay Wilder, uh, you got to take care of business, first of all, on Saturday because there's a lot of skepticism that Fury baffled him, was able to outbox him, was able to outmaneuver him, uh, showed great defensive skill. Uh, Wilder seemed to have trouble timing him and being able to hit him with combinations throughout the fight. So he's got to answer those questions on Saturday. And if he does, if Wilder does spectacularly, then I think he's in the, he's in the driver's seat to make a ton of money against Anthony Joshua and probably be favored to win that fight, guys. You got that right. Uh, we had Matt jump in on YouTube. He said, boxing is closer to WWE than it is to the other four major sports. 
Let me let me go on and bring that up. Because um, I, I don't know that I've talked to Chris about this either. Have you seen in Kansas, they are doing live scoring for MMA bouts. And I said on the daily show, like the little 15-minute show that I do, I said that boxing and the UFC need to go to this immediately. Like, every fight across the globe... They need to go to this, and what it basically is, in Kansas, all of these promotions now have the option of putting the live score up after every round so that you know exactly what the judges have, have scored this fight, sure. how they're seeing it. it. I don't think that, like, I think that would help alleviate some of the uh, the conspiracy theories. Like, do and, you agree? And Chris, I don't know. Chris is awful silent on all the boxing. I don't know if you don't care or what you think on this. Uh, Brother Giannini, what do you think on live scoring? What do you think? I mean, I like the live scoring concept. I mean, I, I like the idea of actually knowing where the where the fight is, is stands instead of just guessing the entire time um, and, and, and wondering and then catching a shock at the end. I know, I know the reason they probably don't do it is they like this drama at the very end yeah. of the fight where they get to announce the winner, but that's, once again, officials trying to make <laughs> things about them and not about the actual sporting event. We have that problem right. in almost every major sport there is. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I don't follow. I watch all the big fights. I'll get the preview, uh, the pay per view, or I'll go somewhere and watch it. But I don't I don't follow it enough to to have an educated, real comment about about it. Well, okay, stuff. so there's two it. or there's two or three things. The first thing is you're absolutely right. It's almost maddening that boxing is one of the few sports where we go in secrecy. Uh, throughout the fight of not knowing what those three people sitting around the ring actually think about who's winning. And some, and sometimes uh, the scoring is such that, that it's as if one or more of those people sitting around the ring might as well have uh, a blindfold on and, and a red and white cane and, and a tin cup standing on the street corner. So it's, it's just, uh, yeah. So, but the live scoring thing actually has been in existence before. It's been in amateur boxing in the Olympics. They tr- they tried this uh, for several different Olympics in the 2000s uh, and into the 2010s, uh, where and I believe they may still uh, where they have the judges uh, scoring in real time on uh, they have within a second or two to register a punch, and then you can see the punch totals from the judges from the three judges combined what they've ruled as effective punches, and it's a running score total. And you know, you know going into the third round, okay, I'm even or I'm losing by a few punches, and that's what it is. I don't know that, that professional boxing, certainly not on the, on the massive world title scale, have ever had live scoring where you know in a big-time title fight, this guy's ahead by four points or behind by three rounds or whatever it is going into the second-to-last round or in the final round. But it sure would make it interesting if we do have that, because right now, a lot of times you're left guessing, you're left wondering, and you'll see good corner men, the uh, the trainers, they are always smart to say this no matter what, Gary and Chris, you winning cheers everything dudes, uh, <laughs> we need this round. We need this last round. We need this 12th round. Do not take this 12th round for granted. Go win the 12th round, because you never know, leaving it in the hands of the judges. So that's uh, that's something to consider with the last question about boxing, and and, and I guess I felt this way about the MMA too. Any anything that's being done with a judge, okay? We we always boxing just has this this stigma about it because we see the history of 
one of these judges seems to always want to make a name for themselves and do something weird. Yeah. My question or is this. Or they're on the take. Or they're on the take. They're yeah. bought. That's the other thing. They're corrupt. All right. So this this leads to my the, the, to helping either if I can't fix the corruption, I'm at least going to cost the people trying to buy the fight a hell of a lot more money. Why <laughs> is it that we're stuck at three where you can just buy one person and almost throw a fight? Why is it that we don't have a panel of five? Why is it that we don't have well, a panel of seven? Are these people too hard to find? Or do they charge too much money for the job in which they do? It's a great, well, it's a great question. But judging by how some of them judge these fights, apparently, yes, it is hard to find three good, competent judges at any one time. But because if fights. five of them but were, it's a good point. you know, if, if right. you had five and one of them says, I'm going to try to make a name for myself, that you have a chance of that happening. At that point, it's only a 20%. Yeah, you opposed to. I mean, that means the. At least two other judges have to either feel the same way, which now they really can't make a name for themselves because they're they're now a majority instead of a, a, a nobody. But then the other right. part of that is if if four people or three people all see the fight one way, one person sees it completely ludicrous, and the other one's like, ah, I really don't know what I saw. Then then you you still have a better outcome, and and let's lead to the corruption side of it. Right now they're just paying off one guy. Now they got to buy at least yep. three or at least well, two. It's a, good, it's a good point that you make. I, you know, I don't know that I would go for more than five, but you might go for five in that instance. And of course, the adage in boxing is, "Don't leave it in the hands of the judges." Well, yeah, do the, it yeah, yourself. The MMA does Knock them out. Yeah, knock them out. Don't even, don't even uh, give them the opportunity uh, to rip you off on, on a bad scoring situation. So, no, but you make a you make a good point. I mean, for so many. For so many years in this sport, corruption was part of it. The mafia was part of it. You can go back to the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. What was legit? Was that a legitimate knockout or was the fix in? Were the judges bought? So they have cleaned some of it up. But then then again, you I mean, have, it, uh, you, it you have a lot of... It hadn't been that long, though. Like, it, yeah, if you right. think you have about a it. Lot of different, you have a lot of different fights where you've watched a judge or two, like Chris's point, make their scorecard uh, public, and you're like, what were they watching, and were they just trying to make the, the name for themselves? The best example uh, like you're of talking that, about. Adelaide Bird from the Triple oh, G Canelo fight, back what, yeah. 20, the first one, because yeah. Chris and I were over here, we had some buddies over, we got the pay-per-view, and when we saw the scorecard... For Adelaide Bird, it made zero sense. Now, I've I've gone back in my brain and was like, okay, because I was trying to find some way to justify it, some way to rationalize what they were seeing. And I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm watching the fight from, you know, six, seven, eight different angles, right? But the judges are are watching, you know, from a corner. Like it's Correct. it's maybe a little different. Like maybe that's what they actually saw. I still Cannot figure out what that was, and it happens all the time. Like yep. it's, it's competence, competence or incompetence is there. Uh, there's another famous Manny Pacquiao fight. I still remember losing my mind. I was the national uh, Fox Sports Radio Saturday night host, and I was losing my mind on the air that night because Manny Pacquiao uh, fought Tim Bradley. Tim Bradley will be oh, on the yes. call of this Wilder Fury fight. And I, I legitimately had Manny Pacquiao winning 10 of the 12 rounds. I believe he was that dominant, that good, and two of the judges went against him, and one of them gave Tim Bradley like nine rounds. It was like nine to three. Was that the fight and in Australia? 
That was not the one in Australia that he lost. This was a fight probably six, seven years ago, a couple years before that, to Timothy okay. Bradley in Vegas, where that, I mean, that is the night where I was on the radio saying, if it comes out that one of these judges are bought, I'm totally, I'm, I'm believing that. that. That's a bought scorecard that, that Pacquiao had so dominated that fight, and one of the judges thought he lost nine of the 12 rounds. The only explanation I could accept on that one was corruption, what was a paid judge, a paid-off judge. So let's hope it doesn't come to that, but then again, it's boxing. I'll, I'll throw this in as a plug. You can go to BigFightWeekend.com, the website, BigFightWeekend.com. I have written about five prominent heavyweight title rematches. Uh, it, most of these are in our lifetimes, our collective lifetimes, guys, and most of the fans will remember them. The one that's probably not is the Ali Liston a rematch in 1965, which that one had controversy on whether did Ali hit him or not. And it was only a one round fight. And did the mob fix that fight with Sonny Liston losing by knockout or not? But anyway, my point is two of the other fights had bizarre stuff. One of them is the Bo Holyfield fight where the fan man on the paraglider yep. came paragliding in in the middle of the fight. That was crazy <laughs> at the outdoor venue. And another one is the Tyson-Holyfield rematch, June of 97, where Tyson was so frustrated he bit Evander Holyfield's ear off in that fight. So there's all. my point is there's always something crazy or suspicious, it seems like, in boxing. I hope it's not the case Saturday night for Wilder and Fury to bring it back to that. Maybe we, get a, maybe we get a spectacular, clean fight. But then again, it's boxing, it's heavyweight boxing, it's Vegas, and there's always crazy things that tend to happen. The uh, the fight that you were talking about, Chris, was uh, was Jeff Horn and Manny Pacquiao in, yes. in Brisbane. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was not, that fight, for those that are fight fans, that fight was not as one-sided. I could see and understand Horn is in his home country. Uh, that was a close fight. But home cooking doesn't matter if a guy beats your butt. I thought I, I, thought watched, I, I wa- that. We watched that fight together, yeah. I think, and, and I thought you. Pacquiao beat him pretty, pretty soundly. I thought he won the fight, too, but I'm telling you the Bradley fight, short short of, of like Manny Pacquiao having just uh, not thrown a punch in like three or four of the rounds, there's there's no way that in that fight with Timothy Bradley that he lost nine of them, the, like the one, Bradley, of, one of the judges had. The Bra- like the the Horn fight was a joke. The Bradley fight was just complete corruption. Wow. It's it, yeah. all of the fun thing about YouTube, by the way. All of these fights are on there. Like the the Lifton uh, Ali fight yeah. is is on there. The Bo fight is on there. Yeah, like, I've gone I've go gone back all and these. rewatched all of all of Holyfield's fights from from. You know, us growing up, all of Tyson's fights, and then a lot I, I watched of a lot of the Ali, Ali stuff. Fights. A lot yeah. of old Ali, and then oh, Foreman, yeah. Foreman stuff also. Yeah, so those, those it's were, fun. It's fun to go back and relive this, and let's see. I mean, Deontay Wilder has got quite the string of uh, of heavyweight title knockouts. In fact, uh, he won the belt on a twelve round decision back now five years ago, and Fury is the only guy that he's not knocked out in any of his title defenses. Yeah. Let's see if he gets that Saturday. Now You got that right. All right, before I let you go, obviously you do the college basketball podcast, uh, CBB Coast to Coast. Um, I want to do rapid fire with you right quick. I did this with Reed sure. from Barstool earlier. Um, I'm going to give you 10 teams, and I'm just going to run through them. I want you to tell me whether or not they get into the tournament. These are all bubble teams, okay? Let's go. All right, Virginia. Yes, in. Purdue. In. Cincinnati. 
questionable. Two huge games still late left. Not yeah. in right now, no. All right, Indiana. Not in. I don't think so. I think they lose like three of the next four at least, if not all four. Uh, Georgetown. In. I was gonna, Big East is strong. In. Big East is very... I think, I think that is the most dominant conference out of any... Like, we can talk about the Big Ten all day if you want to, about how great their depth is and whatnot. The Big East has a bigger collection of contenders. Old school basketball, yes. too, man. And they go win road games. Yeah, they, they won at, It's so fun to watch, to watch them play and, and those schools play. Uh, Utah State. Not in. I agree. Arkansas. Not in. Stanford. Not in. I agree. All right. Now, Mississippi State. Not in. And Alabama. Not in. All right. Do you think any Not of them yet. can do you think any of them can get in? Well, look, get look in. out for the last two weeks here, including in Nashville at the SEC tournament, if you can get a neutral floor win or two out of the group of South Carolina, Mississippi State. Alabama and Arkansas, somebody's got a great chance to emerge. Probably one team has got a chance to I emerge. Say, I think one of those can go, yeah. but I don't think any more right. than one's going to make it. I, I think let's, Arkansas let's has see. the best chance was, if, if Isaiah Joe gets healthy. If I was going to put my money on any of those teams, it would be Arkansas. But it, it, I wouldn't put my money on them until I see what Joe looks like. Well, yeah, but he's like he, they have somebody that can change the game. Nobody else has that, yeah. and I don't. I'm just not impressed. No, I agree. At Mississippi, like Reggie Perry for Mississippi State is unbelievable, unbelievable. Who uh, who has impressed you most uh, so far this season, TJ? Obviously, the top heavy teams, the teams that are always usually there, like Duke, like Kansas. Baylor's been fantastic. I'll tell you this: San Diego State is legit. I know we don't live out in the Western time zone, but if you fans, anybody that's watching here on Winning Cures, if you're not on to them. I keep joking. I think I've said this with you, Gary, but if I haven't, I'll say it here. I mean, if you put 10 uh, sports fans, let's say 10 sports fans that know about college basketball in a room, and you say, who is the coach of San Diego State? Almost all of them would say Steve Fisher, Fisher, right? (laughs) And then you would blow them away further when you would say, Steve Fisher hasn't been the coach for three seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Dutcher's in his third season at San Diego State as the coach. And they're, they're fantastic, obviously. They're undefeated. they got an outstanding point guard in Malachi Flynn, they're, uh, who's a transfer. Uh, they're legit. They are legit, and I could see them easily getting into the Elite Eight, if not the Final Four. Keep an eye on San Diego State besides the Blue Bloods. Uh, Dayton has had a tremendous season. Obi Toppin is their is their best player. Let's stop on that. Let's stop on that for a second. As a so, I am an Alabama fan. Everybody knows that from football season, but I am also an Alabama basketball fan. I can't help it. My dad raised me this way. That is part of the curse, right? Like I get the good side with basketball or with uh, football. I get the bad side with basketball. There is nothing more frustrating than to see a coach that could not get anything done at Alabama as the head coach, go to Dayton and have a team like he's got right now. Anthony Grant, what he is doing with Dayton, it, they are playing a completely different style of basketball than he ever played at Alabama. It's They run more offense. Their guys move yeah. on offense. They are actually where they're supposed to be on defense. It is 
insanely frustrating, and yet it is beautiful basketball. Absolutely. Well, beautiful. and Obi and Obi Toppin is a difference maker. He's an oh, yeah. NBA player, probably a lottery pick. They're going to be dangerous as well. They're going to be fun to watch. He came out of uh, nowhere. In the NCAA tournament. Well, I mean, you got to give <laughs> – look, Anthony Grant had success at Virginia Commonwealth for a couple of years. That's yeah. what he helped him get the uh, – and he was in the NCAA tournament and won a game. Yeah, he beat it helped Duke. Him get, and he, yes, it helped him get the Alabama job. So the guy's got pedigree, former Florida assistant on their national championship oh, yeah. team. So and then he, you got to give it up to, uh, to them. Like he went to the NBA. He joined Donovan's staff with Oklahoma City. And then takes you know the Dayton job, and in the year two, I mean he's he's got him rolling. So you got to give you got to give him credit, and again, uh, few at Gonzaga. I mean, again, this this college basketball season is crazy. I think I saw the stat because we had a couple of more upsets involving unranked teams beating top ten teams last weekend. Oh yeah. That now I think we're we're up to like twenty times now that it has happened where we have an unranked team that has beaten a top ten team. This season, so it is going to be a crazy NCAA tournament, especially when you've got Gonzaga, San Diego State, and Dayton knocking around with all the Power Conference big boys. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, last question before I let you go: Do you think Baylor ever loses again? You mean like ever, all time? At you ever. mean like years from now? Ever, ever. You know, like like twenty twenty seven when yeah. my twins have graduated from high I, school? Will Baylor have lost? I don't think that. Uh, I don't think Scott Drew will ever lose again. They may they may lose <laughs> Saturday to Kansas. That's a revenge, thus saith Bill Self. Game yeah, but they got it remember. Wrong. Re, re, remember, Self had you know so many times we want to knock these coaches for not saying anything, right, brother Giannini? You watch these press conferences during the week or after a game. I just want to credit the other team. We didn't play well enough. We got to execute better. You know what Self said right off the bat after the Baylor game. He goes, I'm just going to tell you up front, we got our ass handed to us just then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a tremendous, tremendous quote, brutal honesty about what happened uh, in game number one against the Baylor Bears, and they haven't lost since, by the way, the oh, Jayhawks, yeah. since that loss. So that's going to be a huge uh, matchup, and, and Kansas may very well win that game in Waco. They They are very well coached. They move the ball. They play defense. Very underrated that Kansas year in and year out is one of the top teams defensively, not only in the Big 12, but among the NCAA tournament teams. They're always one of the best defensive field goal percentage teams. So let's, you know, let's wait and see what they look like against Baylor, and then we may even get a third one, let's say, in the Big 12 championship. We'll I will, uh, I'll go on and tell you this. I would not put my money on Kansas. Actually, I'm probably not going to bet that game. Listen, there's nobody around the Memphis area ever wants to talk about Kansas. No, I hear you. I mean, unless it's unless you're setting on fire, then then we'll talk about all day long. I'm an alum. I was right there courtside in the Alamo Dome. I know what you are saying. I was online with Mario Chalmers when he shot the ball, and I grabbed my colleague Mark Wise's arm next to me and went crap as soon as he shot the ball. But I I will say, I, I will say this. Uh, that you got to give self credit because year after year after year he reloads. He's got he's got talented bigs. He's got talented guards. He recruits, recruits, recruits. You got to give them a lot of credit. They're they're going to be oh, yeah. right there. As much as I want to vomit uh, whenever I think about <laughs> Kansas 
and what happened at the Alamo Dome because I lived it right with all the Memphis fans. I was there. Hey, you think you think I know I said last question like several times. Do you think till, uh, Bill Self takes an NBA job after the no. season? No, even if that because the NCAA is like what Chris was talking about setting Kansas on fire. I think the NCAA is probably going to do that, but I think I think that AD. Uh, that that whole university is totally fine with it, even if he gets a one year suspension. I, uh, I think he's not going to get anything worse than one year, and they'll sit him down for a year, and they'll, then they'll, bring they'll him name back. an interim that's somebody on the staff, and then they'll bring him right back. I think, uh, yeah, we'll see if. The, I mean, I, 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 it remains to be seen if there's any serious punishment that's going to come to any of these coaches for any of this stuff, because you know <laughs> we don't Sean, trust the NCAA. Sh- I mean, we just we keep I love right this, along with Sean Miller at Arizona is going along. Will Wade at LSU is going along. Yeah. Bruce Pearl at Auburn is going along. The worst thing Tennessee ever did was fire Bruce Pearl for one of the dumbest, smallest things in the world. And and Rick Barnes has been good. He he's he not been Bruce. Pearl. He's not Bruce Pearl. And what Bruce Pearl would have done had he stayed at Tennessee while while rocking and rolling there. I'm I'm just telling you, I. Right now, if I'm college football, baseball, it does not matter. If the NCAA comes at me, the move now is to bow your chest and say, do something. Don't <laughs> knuckle under. Don't support. Don't don't help them with yeah, the investigation. And just say, come get us. Come get What or are you going to do? What do what North Carolina did. Do what North Carolina did. Say it's your fault. Yeah. yeah. You should have known to, uh, to do away with the class that was going yeah. on that all of our athletes were taking. It's not our fault that we offered it and it was a fraud. It's your fault that you should have known, which yep. was North Carolina's argument. No, but listen. Uh, to stay I, eligible. I, I, I think everybody has shown this is – this is not a group of individuals that has any real power. The the presidents give them the power. Therefore, they what are they going to do? Yeah. We've covered it all, have we not? From corruption in boxing to the uh, to the hardwood, to the NCAA tournament, to the NCAA itself. Yeah. I think we've done well tonight. I think we have. We we've had you on a lot longer than uh than we typically do and I have appreciated it for sure. <laughs> Always, I always love being with the winning cheers guys. And again, I, I know we're we're promoting all kinds of things. Three Dog Thursday podcast, picking the underdogs for college basketball, and lots more on Wilder Fury on Big Fight Weekend. You can find Big Fight Weekend wherever you find podcasts. Bigfightweekend.com is the website where we write about the boxing. Can't can't stress enough. This should be wild. Wild, maybe pun intended. Wilder. Speaking of Alabama, <laughs> Gary Seeger, sweet home Alabama. Absolutely, the bronze bomber. Wilder, maybe going to get it. Hey, Wilder's been involved in two previous rematches. Both are knockouts. Both are knockouts oh, yeah. for revenge. So let's see if he makes it three and, for three. And boys. much more decisive than the first ones were. So no I'm doubt. excited. Let's about see it. if he makes it three for three. All right, Boy, you guys, you. Uh, you guys can follow TJ on Twitter at Buck Sideline Guy. TJ, we appreciate you for being here, buddy. Always love being with the winning cheers, boys. All right, take care, buddy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Now, let's get back into, uh, into some other topics. Uh, first off, off of sports. Okay. I bought my ticket today. To drive five and a half hours to go see the Foo Fighters 25th anniversary tour. Foo Fighters are my all-time favorite band. Yes, I would agree. All time. They're, they're strongly up there. Now, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you listen to the Ringer um, interview with Dave Grohl? Bill, yes, Bill? I did. I certainly did on the Bill Simmons podcast. Simmons, yeah. Uh, I've, I've, Grohl has done several podcasts uh, over the past however many months. And it, I, I want to say several, like three uh, he did like the Bone Appetit he's done podcast. A yeah, he's done a couple. Because um, he's got like his own barbecue catering company. He did. He does, yeah, he yeah. did. Uh, what you call it? Uh, House of Carbs. Yeah. Uh, la- that was last year. That was last that year. Was last year. Yeah. So the, he he doesn't do a lot of this stuff, but when he does, I want to make sure that I listen to it. He did Whitney Cummings podcast. He doesn't talk a lot of like it's not all music. Like, no, he, he just went on House of life. Carbs and talked about his restaurant and yeah. how he liked cooking and food and yeah. He's he's fantastic. Uh, is there a band that because I'm I bought. One ticket okay. for myself. Now, I'm part of the fan club, so I was in the fan club pre-sale. That went on today, and then Live Nation's pre-sale's tomorrow, and then Thursday is like the city club or city card pre-sale, and then Friday is on sale to the public. I bought one ticket, and I got a hotel room, and I am going by myself on a Monday driving to Knoxville to go watch Foo Fighters. Is there a band that you would drive six hours to go see by yourself. Oh, I'm sure there is. And by myself is better than with anybody yeah, else. The, old, the older <laughs> I've gotten. You you kind of turned me on to this idea. I'm telling you, you're going to have more fun. As much as I kind of want to go, you're going to have more fun going by yourself than you would with somebody. That's it, When when you I want so. to stop and you get a craving for something, guess what? You can just go do it. Yeah. You don't have to say, hey, do you want this? Is there anything there you like? Are, are you tired? Do you want to keep going? Do you have to pee? I have to pee. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. You don't care about anyone else's feelings. It's, it's pretty nice. It's one of the most narcissistic things I do, but <laughs> like I I really like going out of town. It, it, and it's not all the time, but once a year for the last two years, I have taken a, a sports trip. So yeah, would there be a band that I'd go see? Absolutely. I that almost... I almost went and did this with Goo Goo Dolls. Okay. And then okay. and then business got a little wonky last year, but I was going to drive up. Our dog is about to destroy this room because he just destroyed a gate and my whole house shook. Um, 
I uh, I almost did it. Uh, our boy Scuzz lives in Cincinnati. Yeah. And uh, the Goo Goo Dolls went to Cincinnati, were in Cincinnati last summer, I believe. And I was going to drive up to, to Cincinnati. That's nine hours. It's, I thought about doing this for uh, for Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. But, it, like, it's so Foo Fighters, like, I paid Goo Goo I got Dolls, a really I'd good ticket it. for 100 bucks. Foo Fighters, I'd absolutely do it. Uh, now, for me, Rage Against the Machine, when I was younger, that was my favorite band. But... What do you think about the three hundred dollars tickets for Rage? That's I I got I I got through the the waiting list on Ticketmaster and I was getting ready to purchase my ticket and when I realized that I was sitting very top of the upper deck and it was one hundred twenty five plus fees which came out to over one hundred fifty five dollars to sit at the top and it was oh, it was nearly four hundred dollars to sit down where I want to sit talking about I said, never mind like I never got to who, see them who who. I don't care. Became what they were, what they came to destroy. Yeah. It's insane. That is. Now, I listen, I'm all for Ugh. capitalism. Get as much as you oh, want. Yeah, cheers I don't to care. That. It's entertainment. Pay, you know. Well, I, they're selling know. out all the yeah. shows, so obviously. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, people, I had people criticize me for some of the stuff that we paid for for Disney, and I was just like, you know what? I kind of wish it was a little more expensive yeah. because then some of these other bastards wouldn't have been there. Yeah. And, and I'd have gotten to do a lot more. Yeah, like if it was any cheaper, we'd be asshole to elbow up in that joint, and I'd be real, just old man pissed off all the time. <laughs> but instead, it's expensive, but it made a lot of other people not show up. Yeah, and so I was okay with that. Yeah, no, that makes um, sense. So no, yeah, I, I mean, I fully understand, you know, how all that stuff works and whatever. I, it is. This is why when you're young and you just rail against something you don't fully understand. Oh yeah. And then you realize we should be charging $100 a ticket. And people say, no, you should be charging $400 a ticket. <laughs> and they start doing math. And they're like, how many seats does this place hold? And we, we yeah, can make four yeah, we'll we should charge 400 a ticket. You're yep. exactly right. Yeah, this is just, when you're young, just be careful with what you criticize. Yeah. You don't always know everything. Now you you got that right a hundred percent. So no, uh, I like the Foo Fighters thing. I I do want to. I need to catch them again. It, it's been a, they're they're playing in the round. It's been time. a long time. And when it's I just want them right in the middle of the arena. I like I Knoxville. Wait. I like Knoxville a lot. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I I've told you this before. Yeah, I hadn't if, been in a long time. If I had no, if I had no ties to any school at all, and I was gonna stay in the SEC and go to school again and redo everything, I'd go to Knoxville. Yeah, it's just the prettiest. I love the weather. Like, I, and this is going to be in April. I'm fat. Yeah. It's hot all the time down here in the south. Like, do I love Baton Rouge? Yes. Baton Rouge in the summertime sucks. Yeah. Baton Rouge all the way through like October, middle of October sucks because yeah. it's hot. It's really hot. Yeah. It, it's Knoxville. like it's muggy. It's a different kind of hot. Yeah. It's no. Like, it's ugh. swamp. It's swampy. And then yeah. and then I like I went to Oxford. Oxford's not any better. Yeah, September and football. It's 120 degrees out oh, there, yeah. man. It's dying. So I, I, I just and it's pretty. I, well, you and I talked about this when we first started the podcast. It, my wife and I went to the Alabama Ole Miss game mm-hmm. and had a friend give us 50 yard line, yep. second row up behind I'd, the I'd Alabama. Have, I'd have given you those tickets too. Uh, yeah, because that because game was, was like week. Three. It was at 11 o'clock in the morning, yeah. and it no no it was a 2:30 game. I'm sorry, it was a 2:30 game, and it was. 150 degrees. It was like the second Saturday in September. Which is, it's kind of crazy because like the temperature outside is like 94 degrees, right? But they've got thermometers 
on the side of the the wall, like the brick wall on the field. You and those, it was you get in those stadiums. It was you have no shade. You have no the trees. There's just yeah. it's just a big open stadium. So no, I, and they ran out of water in Knoxville. You're up in the mountains. I mean, it's just beautiful. I I love beautiful. the Smoky Mountains. It's somewhere where we vacation all the time. I'm gonna enjoy the drive maybe more than anything. No, you'll you'll enjoy the show more. Than oh, I'll, I'll I'll enjoy the show, but I, I think just the trip itself. How long are you staying? You're driving up there. You're going I'm to driving the show. up there on Monday morning, and then I'm going to staying. the show, and I'm staying, and I'll have you know Tuesday back breakfast, and then I'm coming back on Tuesday. That's not that's it. it. I mean, I got to go back to work. But, yeah, it, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I, I took terrible, off a couple of days. No. So, and now my wife would have been going with me had it been on a weekend. No, but it's go not by on the weekend. Go by yourself. And I, that well, that's I've already bought the ticket. I'm good. I'm it's good fun. to go. And it's not that you don't want to do stuff with your family, but you need you need to recharge, take care of you, man. I, that's kind of my plan. I'm telling you. So get up I mean, there. The older I've gotten, that's I gotta I gotta take care of me. I don't do that enough. Yeah. I would I would agree with you. I work hard. I spend a lot of money on other people. Yeah. Need to be spending a little bit on yourself. Maybe not maybe not even money. I don't even care maybe about the money. Maybe you just need to be spending a little time. I don't even care about the money. I went to Cleveland last year for goddamn Browns. <laughs> Hey, Jesus outside Christ. of the game, you had a good trip, though. I really had a good trip all yeah. the way up until the game. Yeah, that's the way it goes. And then instantly, I was out on Freddie, I was out on Baker, and I believe I'm going to be proven right on both those. I, oh, yeah, I believe. I well, Freddie, right. obviously. Well, yeah. That's done and done. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, we are almost to an hour, but I'm all right if you are good to keep going. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? What do we have let's, left? What let's do you talk want? about Charlie Strong to Alabama. Oh, now, how did you feel about this, Mister? You have made a a statement in the last like three years of crapping on Charlie Strong. Well, one, he's only coming over as an analyst, oh. right? So this is what y'all do. You get guys no, 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 that no. I think are head coach quality. I believe this guy is head coach quality. <laughs> we're going to put him in a corner and make him an analyst. Well, we're this is hire why I wanted to get your opinion on it. Hire him to do something that everybody else is hiring graduate assistants to do. Pretty much. Pretty much, it, it is uh, Dave Bartu, uh, CFB Matrix on Twitter. Uh, he was talking about how Charlie Strong, at, as a defensive coordinator, has never graded out any worse than like an A minus, and Alabama has him coming in as an analyst. It's just kind of remarkable, right? Like it's just ridiculous is what it is. That's so. Not remarkable. What, what I was going to ask about is. Obviously, Alabama fans haven't been real happy with Pete Golding with their def- uh, current defense coordinator. It would would it be out You've of the lost realm of possible three games in two years? I know, I know. It, it, look, but we're not happy with the guy. It, hey, I'm fine with him because I don't think it's his fault. Like it, when you're playing, like you're starting five freshmen at the end of the season. Like obviously things have gone wrong, right? You missed on some recruits. You've also got a bunch of guys hurt. Yeah, you, you got problems. But I don't think it's, like, I think Pete Golding is still good. Like, I think he, he was great at UT San Antonio. So I, I think he's going to be great at Alabama, but I think that they have not had the quality of player on defense that they've had in a long time. They've still had a pretty good defense. It just hadn't been, like, number one ranked defense, right? So what I'm curious about, this is why I wanted to talk to you about it, because I know that you are a strong guy. I am right? a strong guy. Now, Charlie Strong has had problems with his last two head coaching jobs. Okay. South Florida, obviously, things went south quick. He, he should have taken another job when I, when I told you he should have. You're right about that. Um, but he, he didn't do well at Texas. Now, I don't think that was all on him. I don't either. 
But I, I just don't think that he was strong enough to be able to, and I don't think Herman is either. I was just about to way. say, I would like to compare his record and Herman's record for the first couple of years. Well, Herman has done significantly better. Yeah, but the, but okay, still, like I don't, I don't necessarily. I think Charlie think, Strong died for that, though. Yes, like absolutely. he had to clean that program up from Mac Brown. Yes, to get them to a stable point where somebody else can come in and win seven games. Yeah, where and, and I think that some of the people that were involved, but at the end of the got day, out of the way. Texas won seven football games. Yeah, last year they won. Ten the year before that. Nobody gives a shit about two years ago. I understand. Talking about I'm, what happened last year. I'm just talking overall. And Strong's last year, they only won five games. So, like, even still. So, Strong goes from there, from Texas to South Florida. Starts off with ten wins. And then drops off after that. Yep. Right? Seven wins the next year. And what, lost, what, six and Well, I was just season. about to say, he had six and oh. Or seven and zero, seven and zero, yeah, and then didn't and then, win another game. Yeah, lost all yeah. of those. And so I mean, lost so he he he, he he won seventeen games in his first year and a half. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen games. Yeah, so seventeen I mean, and two to start, pretty strong. And then and then yeah yeah wheels fall off, and yeah. I can't explain that. That doesn't tell me somebody's a bad coach because that doesn't make sense. Like something else happened. Yeah, there's more to it than just that. Yeah, like I don't know what that's just coaching ability. I don't know what that is because a a bad coach can't win 17 games, 17 to 19. That's not that's not realistic. That's right. You don't get that lucky. Nobody nobody does that. Um, and then and then a good coach that's capable of going 17 of 19 can't lose. You know, 17 basically of the next 20. Well, they, Something game. The reason I said he needed to leave after year one is because he had 17 senior starters. You're right. And then he lost a bunch of those. And they won a bunch of games early in that second year. One possession games, really, kind, I won't say lucky, but a lot of those one possession games started going the other way on him at the end of that season. Right? So it was just, it was a coin flip game of, okay, somebody's going to make a play and it's either somebody from their team or it's somebody from our team and we'll just see. Um, what I'm curious about is, with Charlie Strong, would he would he make a better defensive coordinator as opposed like if you were him, because I think that he could have gotten defensive coordinator jobs. Yes. Why would you go be an analyst at Alabama as opposed to this is this is an athletic director situation. This is his agent and is here saying you need Alabama on your resume because everybody's got Alabama on their resume. Now. Like it's so long as you've worked for Saban. If then... you and if you've got a year under Nick, then you can get a a little bit better job, or I can get you more money. You might get the same damn job, but I can get you paid more because I can show you've got a year under Nick. Which I think is bullshit, by the way. If you yeah. look at all the coaches that have left there, I, I don't think that their their tutelage under Alabama's time has made them any better or worse than what they would have been. I don't yeah. think any of them learned anything that made them better or more exceptional at, at their job. If they I, were already good, they were still comparably yeah, good. Yeah, I don't think that and I don't think Lane Kiffin was weren't. a bad head coach. No, I don't either. Before he became offensive coordinator there. No, I think absolutely it, not. I think it just it was an image cleanup. Lane was a pain in the ass. Yeah. It and was an you image can't, cleanup. And you can't have a losing record and be a pain in the ass. You yeah. can't struggle. Well, I mean, he, he didn't even have losing records. Yeah. You just can't struggle the way he struggled at USC and be a pain. That's yeah. the problem. Um, 
And so, so going to Alabama wasn't even an image cleanup. It was just Alabama saw that dude is head coach quality. Uh, we'll hire you as an assistant. Sure, come on in. Yeah, we you're need the, somebody to to you're the bring best, our offense. You're the to best offensive times. coordinator in the game because yeah. you're head coach quality, yeah. not OC quality. You think the same thing about Sarkeesian? No, I don't. I don't believe Sark would be a good head coach. Now, no, that's we're talking. He was he was okay at Washington. If he went to Colorado, I think that's a fine job for him. Yeah. Anything bigger than that, I don't – I mean, if he's Arizona, Arizona State, like that comparable level out in the Pac-12 where he knows how to recruit and, and, and do things or any lower conference, I think he's fine. Yeah. I think he would be more than fine. If he went to the Big Ten, he'd get his ass sent home. If he goes to one of the ACC schools, he's going to get his ass sent home. Yeah, I agree. If he goes to too many schools in the uh, the Big 12 – it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. And there's no school in the SEC. I mean, he there's not a single head coach that he's a better qualified person than. And we've got a couple of newbies that have no resume, and I'd rather take my chance with those guys. Would you how about this? Let's let's do a either or. Okay. Would you rather have Sark than Sam Pittman? Give me Sam Pittman and Kendall Browse and uh, Barry Odom, Mr. Odom, and I'll take that combination over Sark in any combination he got. That that but, he would realistically get. I mean, if you said he, you get Steve Sarkeesian and his defensive coordinator is Bill Belichick, who would you take? Like, well, yeah, of course. Like we're having a different conversation. But like, if we're not going to be a moron and be realistic about it, yeah, I'd take I'd take that combination of guys. Well, let's let's leave the staff out of it then. But I can't. Uh, okay, because okay. Sam Pittman. Is is a nobody? He's an all, he's an offensive line coach. I yeah. can't. Okay, no, I understand. Okay, let let's go to the SEC East. I like Mark Stoops. I think I think Stoops I, is better. I think Stoops is better. I think Muschamp is better than. That's him. what I was going to get. Absolutely, to. think Boom is better than him. All right, what you think, Pruitt? Yes. Oh, yes. I think. <laughs> I think you love Pruitt, I don't you? Tennessee to win nine games two years in a row. I know. I think this is going to be the year. They're going to be good. <laughs> Are you going to pick them to win nine this year? Well, no, man. You better watch your ass. <laughs> depends on, Come on, man. Depends on how much I'm drinking before uh, before we get but to we that point. we do our previews. That's huh? a long time from now. I can't no, predict that. that. Right. Listen, they made a hell of a turnaround. No, they absolutely I did. I think Pruitt's a good coach. I, I think that place just it's needed, gonna take a, needed fixing. It's going to take some. It's still going to take some time. They're not there yet, but they could be eight wins there. Yeah, I, oh, yeah realistic. I think so. Yeah, uh, so yes, I think he's a better coach. Dan Mullen, Derek Mason, not even close. But uh, okay, but here's the thing: I don't know. I don't know that Sark would be any better at Vanderbilt than Ma- Dan Mason. Yeah, if I agree. we're talking at the school he's at, no, Derek Mason is the man for that job over Steve Sarkeesian. If Colorado was real smart, they'd go get Derek Mason. Well, I I would have I'd take Bill over both those guys. Well, d- Look, Derek Mason's got Pac-12 experience. I, I mean, he was at Stanford. He like he understands that conference. But that's a, but that's a that's a they're so far from the Pac. They're not a Pacific Coast team. They're a Rocky Mountain team. It doesn't matter if you've got ties or not. They yeah. used to be in the Big Twelve. You, they're they're Midwest. Yeah, that, I don't know that's Midwest. Well, no, no. But I'm saying like what what they need to focus on. It's it's the same thing. What what Colorado needs. I know to do. how to I know how to get the players to run Bielema's system to Colorado. 
Those well, that's, that's what I'm those big out. boys would leave Iowa. And, like they're not going to leave Iowa for Memphis. Okay, right, they're right. not going to leave Iowa for for you know a lot of places like Louisiana they're, they're Tech not, or yeah, whatever. And that, like they're not going to Lexington, Kentucky. Like they're just so not. That, that's what I was. But they point would go to Colorado. Colorado and Kentucky, I think, are are two peas in a pod as far as football goes. They are mirror images of each other. Now, obviously, they're not the exact same. Colorado's not a basketball school. I get that. Whatever. But what Kentucky did when they hired Mark Stoops is they started going into Ohio and selling the SEC to those Ohio kids. Correct. And they have gotten more blue chippers from Ohio than Michigan State, Michigan, et cetera. The only team that's gotten more blue chippers is Ohio State. And that's the smart thing to do is... Okay, every because if Kentucky continue trying to recruit Georgia and Tennessee and even Kentucky and the Carolinas and whatever, well, in those spots you got Clemson and you got Georgia and you got Alabama and you got Tennessee. I, and I just I see a pathway. I don't think Sark and I guess if Sark got the Colorado job, like his connections in California and Washington and, be able and all of it now, you can get those kids to come to Colorado as well. Colorado is is more of a destination type place, yeah. So I absolutely think that he can recruit there as well. I I think the system that Bielema ran, and and if he ever got to install it, leads to if you're the level of Colorado, which you're you're happy, you just want to go six and six and go to a bowl game consistently, yeah. beat your rival every now and then. And and every now and then have a really good year, and then yeah, every four years, yeah, compete for the Pac twelve, like be in the conversation to compete for the Pac twelve. Like it, so many people think that McIntyre got fired from there because he was going like five and seven. No, it had everything to do with hiding a guy on his staff yeah. that had domestic violence issues. No, like, no, that was that was a totally different situation. Matt Miller, by the way, jumps in on uh, on YouTube. He said Colorado was the Pac 12s version of Nebraska in the Big Ten. You agree with that? Nebraska's got a lot more history. They, I think okay, they've got you can, more to sell. You, you can talk. No, okay, we disagree there completely. Completely. Okay. I think that Colorado could be better than Nebraska much faster. I mean, they did beat Nebraska. Much last faster. Two years. And I'm going to tell you why. Nebraska's a shithole. Nobody <laughs> wants to go there. No, there's no kids from Nebraska is watching this. There's no, there's no kids that are go. That are they're not leaving Wisconsin for Nebraska. No, they're not leaving Iowa for Nebraska. But but they're not leaving Michigan for Nebraska. You do have the hog mollies in Nebraska. You got them corn fed dudes. Yes, you do. Because you used to in the '90s back when steroids were a thing. You do. Maybe when was the last time a big hog molly came from Nebraska and got drafted in the NFL? Any offensive lineman at any position. Maybe you got a point. Because I don't think Nebraska is anything special. No, I'm not saying that Nebraska, like the, the college, I'm saying I, guys I'm talking have been about recruited. The, out I'm talking about the high school kids that come out of Nebraska. I don't have the answers for you. I probably should have. Before I brought that up, I probably should have gonna, some I'm going to bet if you research. were to go to Rivals or 247 recruiting, I'm going to bet that the quality of football coming out of Nebraska ain't a whole hell of a lot different than Kansas. And you know how much we have shit on Kansas. You're right about that. Okay. So that's... That's the way I feel. Now, all the rankings could tell me I'm wrong, but I'm going to tell you this. I don't know anybody that's come out of the state of Nebraska that turned out to be a star or special. No, you're right. Okay. So, I I think Colorado can pull kids. I don't think I don't think high school football in Colorado is producing those people either. But I do think that you can 
get kids to leave their home to go to a place like Colorado. Yeah, Boulder is a, a nice sell. That's that's the difference. That's a nice Nobody's sell. leaving their home to go to Nebraska. For Nebraska. Nobody's they, doing that. But but Boulder? Yeah. That's beautiful. Scenery, yes. Man. Yes. If I could have played football and and I could have forget playing football, if I could have left home and went to college in Boulder, I would have done that. Yeah. I absolutely would have done that. No, that makes if sense. I could have afforded to do that. So I just I just think one place is much is going to be much easier to recruit to. No, that makes sense. That makes I sense. think Colorado's going to win losing this situation right here. I, I think I think you're right. I think it's going to turn up aces. I, I think I, they. I, I, think, I really do think they need to pull the trigger on Bielema. But you know me. I've been a, I've been a Brett believer since he was at Wisconsin. Oh no, this guy knows how to build and all. And I know that that's Wisconsin's pedigree. But you don't think that guy knows that? No, he absolutely. But he, I, I think he he would have won had he continued at Arkansas. Yes, like it, it got away from him was, in that last season. Yes, but I, I think he was trying to rebuild an offense, and it just completely Go, got away. We talked about this going from a run and fun that Bobby Petrino ran to running the football the way Brett wanted to do it, and he was able to do that. But he it's he was trying to, to switch it back. So to, much time. No, no, no but it, but they but they had that. Like he got that, and they were at that point because they were. I mean, they ran over LSU a few years. They ran over like other teams. Yeah, but he was trying to modernize because, like, you can only win seven games so many times, right? Because they they never did any better than seven and six. But I just think he never got it fully. He never got it fully in. No, he he. But that's that, the thing. But he that's never got because it fully they in. they did a reset. Arkansas right. administration came in and said midway through his rebuild and said, "We want you to change." Yeah, that's the worst thing you could do when somebody's trying to build something. Yeah, I'm a builder. I know how this stuff works. Yeah, I agree. I can't have the foundation and the frame done, and you'd be like, you know what? I really want that room over here. Well, tough shit. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, Matt Miller jumps back in on on YouTube. He said, "Does Venables ever leave Clemson? If so, where?" I I don't think so. I think like that's a. It, that wasn't a question I was planning on getting to this evening, but but we can go on and tackle it before we uh, hit on some of this Astro stuff before we get out of here. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a, I don't know. Uh, probably Brett, not. Probably not. Brent Venables, I think he does not leave. I think he is completely comfortable with being just the head coach of defense. Right? So we, you and I have had this conversation multiple times. There are some people that are totally fine without having the press conferences and – all of the, the all the booster requirements, all, all yeah. the radio requirements, like, all of the Dabo loves talking to people. He loves to hear himself. Oh God, yeah. he loves the sound of his voice. And I don't think that Brent Venables wants to do any of that. I think he wants to coach, and he loves coaching defense, and he's really good at it. I think he wants to be a head coach. I think he doesn't want to do any of that other bullshit. And but he because he's I a do head think coach because at, I think he wants to run a whole team, but I don't think he'll ever do that. No, well, not when he's making two and a half million. Like he's making two and a half million. I mean, Aranda he, was making two and a half million, and he. But Aranda's younger. Okay, like, I don't. I don't know if that matters. Well, I think like I think it mattered because it, Venables has had opportunities in the past. I I don't think Aranda had had an opportunity yet. No, he hadn't yet. But anyway, so I I think it's just a a preference thing. Like, what do you want? Do you just are you good with just being the defensive coach? Because I if all you want to do is coach ball, it's and you so don't want weird. The other and shows? maybe this is my dislike for Clemson. Just being honest, I can't think that a guy like Brett Villables likes Dabo Sweeney at all. They're so different. 
It, but I bet he's easier to like. I bet he's really easy to work for. Well, yeah. I bet Venables runs get away out of for him. Get out of my way, or I will beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Get out of my way. Get out of my office, etc. Okay. The reason he's asking, by the way, Matt Miller said, as a Texas fan, if Herman is fired after this season, do you think Venables would bite? I'd love for y'all to try to get him. Yeah. Let's say that. I. I mean, I, maybe. Like I think Texas. Throw, I think Texas's problem is still their administration. It's it's the Clay Travis dump truck theory, right? It's you back yeah. up a Brinks truck to his house, yeah. and you don't allow him to say no, or you just show up and just start writing numbers, and eventually he'll he'll just say okay. Yeah, he'll say all right, fine. Like all right, yeah, I'll I mean, come out there. Yeah, like I, I think you'd probably have to tell him, look, all this crap that we made Mac do, where he was like the governor. You're not going to have to do all See, of that. Therein lies the problem: is you've, you've at Texas. You've I don't know. Be more than that. I mean, you because you have an entire network that is devoted to your school, and there now you're talking about way more media requirements than the average coach, even at a big school. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would. I would. The, do the it. only way he bites is if you're offering like eight, nine million a year. And even then, he might just be fine living in Clemson. Like, his boys are on the team right now. Like, they're not going to be there forever. But I think they still got at least a couple of years of eligibility. So, like. I love Texas. Already fired Herman. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's stay in. Oh, my God. Let's stay in the great state. That's the best state. part of my night. Let's thanks, stay in the great Matt. state of Texas. Oh, let's talk about the big Major League Baseball story. Obviously, opening day is March 26th. I cannot wait. I'm going to gamble on baseball this year. By the way, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let All me right. let me tell you. Listen, and I'm a, I'm gonna give we you need guys, to talk before you do this. I'm, no, I'm going to give you guys a uh, a little nugget. Okay. okay? And I, I may I may be screwing myself by doing this. Uh, if I can go back and and actually find, uh, here we go. Okay, you ready? Since 2014, if you just take the money line on teams that are over. Minus two hundred, they are one thousand three hundred fifty one and four forty one. They've hit over seventy five percent. That is plus three hundred and fifteen units. You're so talking if, betting favorites. If you get up every day and you bet the money line favorites and only favorites over two hundred, you are going to make money. The last three seasons, they've hit seventy six point three percent, seventy five point seven percent, seventy seven point six percent. That's sixty two point eight units. 81.85 units, 107.3 units. Just, if that that's betting one unit on each game. Just just text just just text me anytime you want. Just text you the uh, the it. bet. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take I'll take any action. I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna do this this year. It's awesome. I'm I'm about five it. bucks on every game. That's see what that, happens. That's that way. I love it. I'll take it. I'll take so, that. And now early, I remember you and I talking about this. You you told me March and early April. Never bet a minus two hundred favorite. You told me that. Always so bet many the times. dogs. Yeah, because n- nobody really knows what these teams are coming out of spring training. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. It's the exact same thing I did with the XFL week one. I missed the Saturday games. Thankfully, I'm, I don't, I don't lost those games. But I just blind. I don't know anything about these teams. I just bet kind of big on the money line for both dogs. Yeah. One was plus like three eighty, and. They both hit. They both hit kind of easy, and it's just like Vegas doesn't know anything about these teams yet. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, so I might, 
I might wait a couple of weeks in and just see what's going on with it and see what happens. That might mess up your algorithm, though. What if a bunch of those minus 200 favorites all hit? Well, then I won't win as much. That'll be okay. I might not win at all. Maybe not. I don't know, man. I'm going to figure it out this year. I'm going to just see. You either got to follow the process or not. You can't halfway follow a process. That's how you lose a whole lot. That's true. I definitely want you to take that action then. That's true. I would really like. That. I might. You know, it, it depends on on how much I end up making in college basketball. Okay. Like I'm, I'm up you over. Do whatever you want. I'm betting, betting ten bucks a game. I'm up over two hundred and sixty bucks this year. That's good. So I'm, I'm That's doing awesome. I'm doing all right. But you've got analytics there. You're just this With one this, guy I'm just blindly one, betting. This one guy tweeted this one thing out, and I don't know. I, I'd like to fact check that. Yeah. But I'm not going to go do the math on it. I just know this: betting baseball is harder than any other sport. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Let's uh, let's talk about the Astros. Okay. Now, you and I have, have chatted a little bit about this. We talked about the press conference last week and whatnot. Um, but since that press conference, there are some guys that have been feisty. Cody Bellinger, uh, uh, Mike Trout, all these guys talking smack. And Rob Manfred coming out and saying that he's not taking away the trophy because these guys are already hurt. You can see it on their faces. He, he didn't need to. He, this is the and problem. He said, is I'm not people, taking away a piece of metal, no, these, which is okay. hilarious because it's these, the commissioner's trophy. These people are so bad because they just don't stop talking. And that's the biggest problem with all of it is, no, you shouldn't take away the trophy. No, you can't take away the trophy. Did you take away the trophy from, from the Yankees when A-Rod and them won the championship? Because you know they was cheating their asses off. We know Alex Rodriguez is a liar and a cheater. Yeah. We know it. We're, we have bona fide, solid evidence proof. More proof than we have than what these guys do. We didn't take that trophy away. Are any of the other steroid guys from back in the day? That's true. At what point are we going to say we got to move on? Yeah. All right? So they made a really bad apology that they were forced to make, by the way. Like, I don't know about you, but my mama's put me in a corner before and said, you're not leaving until you apologize to your brother. Yeah. You know what you get? Sorry. Sorry. And that's it. And yeah, when I walk by, you little piece of shit. Matt Miller said, when three of the quietest superstars talk, you know it's big. Judge, Trout, and Bellinger all blasted them. Yeah, all those guys can EAD. <laughs> and here's the reason why I say that. A hundred percent of those guys, if they were playing for a team that had this situation set up, none of them would have blown the whistle on their team, and all of them would have done it. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. so it's so easy to criticize these dudes because you weren't in that locker room. And yes, what they did was unethical. And yes, what they did was absolutely wrong. And they are going to get booed and they are going to get mocked and they are going to get criticized out the frame. It might cost them Hall of Fame votes in the past, in the future. But 100% of those other dudes would have put that buzzer on their chest or listened to those garbage cans bang if it was in their locker room. So please don't act like you're more better than them. You're more holier than they are. You're not. I agree with you. You're the same pieces of shit that they are. Your team just didn't do it. Yeah. Like obviously everybody is trying to find um some kind of an advantage. And one and uh, so 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 Trout specifically came out and said, "I'm mad that they're not being punished." Sir, the reason we have the evidence that we have for them to come up and with 
Like the reason you have Mike Trout, all the information that you have about this is because the commissioner did a thing saying, I'm giving you all uh, immunity. Yeah. But I need you to tell me the truth. When you grant them immunity and they tell you something you don't want to hear, you can't then say, no, nope, I'm sorry. I'm taking that immunity away. This is going to really piss Mike Trout off. <laughs> no, no. I know I know. I made you a pro- I know that we made a deal, but now I'm going to renege on that deal because I realize you gave me all the evidence showing that you were cheating. I think they so might have gotten enough punishment anyway because Dusty Baker is now their coach. So, but but at the end of the day, I'm just I, like all these other players being upset. Like I just don't. I get that you're mad. I don't know why Mike Trout's upset. Like it's not like it cost him a pennant. Like, yeah. like your team has never sniffed the playoffs. Can you please shut up for a minute? You're the best baseball player in the world. Congratulations. Your season ends like September 3rd every year. Yeah. Nobody nobody cares about anything you do. Can collect your your MVPs and move on with your life. Yeah. Cody Bellinger cost you a World Series. All I know is is several of those games were in LA. You didn't win all those either. True. Okay. Like I don't know. I, I just I, I, I the way that I feel about it is you still have to square up a round ball with a round bat and hit the damn thing. Yeah, it, Even if you know what pitch is coming, it's still it's really still real. difficult. Greg Maddox will tell you, I could have told, this is the difference between pitching today and pitching back in the day when I grew up loving this stuff. This is the old Nolan man curmudgeon in me. John is, hey, if Nolan Greg Ryan would have... See, this, we're, we're about to have two conversations. One, Greg Maddox would have laughed if you thought you know what's coming. He would have told you the pitch that was coming. And you still couldn't, hit. and he'd have been throwing it his fastball seventy four miles an hour. Yep. Not like he's gassing anybody, <laughs> and you still can't hit it because he's the he's he, the best technical pitcher the world has ever seen. There's never been anybody better than him before him, and there's never been anybody better than him after him. And now all we teach these kids is how to throw hard. And if I had all yep. the money in the world and I wanted to teach my kid to pitch baseball, you didn't, you I would didn't have hire, Tommy Johns back then. I would hire Greg Maddox, and I would say, please teach him to pitch with accuracy and precision. Make him move the baseball the way you move the baseball. Oh yeah, because that he could make them dance. So let's go. Uh, let's go backwards a little bit farther. It, was, than that. it used to be so beautiful, didn't it? Well, so I, I mean, there are YouTube clips you can watch Greg Maddox stuff. I, yeah. And I challenge you to do it. In one at bat, he throws five pitches. All five pitches, the hitter requests the umpire to check the baseball for pine tar or scuffing the ball because he didn't think it was possible for somebody to throw it and make it move that much. And the umpire checked it every time, threw the ball back, and it, nothing's on it. Doesn't yeah. matter. The batter could not believe he wasn't doctoring the ball. Impressive, impressive video. So let's go back a little further. My One of my first heroes of all time, Nolan Ryan. If Nolan Ryan heard those guys banging trash cans while he was pitching, he was not Greg Maddox. He was, I'm going to throw it hard, and you're not catching it. He would have went into their dugout, and he would have beat the hell out of every one of those guys. Yes. And he would have came out with that garbage can, and somebody had been in that garbage can. Oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, listen, I'm just saying, all these guys criticizing them, please – just don't act like if that was happening on your team, you would have said something. Because you just wouldn't have. 
you, yeah. you absolutely wouldn't have. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I don't think there's any way on earth you can punish these guys after you've given them immunity. You just can't. Yeah, I think... You made a deal, and that's the deal Manfred made to get because he thought the information was... By the way, I believe the information is more important than justice. Okay? I do. Because yeah, I, do because I think a... Because now you can help police it. I don't think they're the only... Or, this is very much a Spygate situation. They're not the only organization doing this, I assure you. I completely assure you of that. Now, everybody else might be banging on trash cans and wearing buzzers, but they're all doing something. It's a part of the fabric of baseball. It's always been. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, I mean, this is something that has been going on forever. Maybe not to this extent. But people have been trying to steal signs for years. And if you don't think they're Decades. using technology, you're just, you're just not paying attention. Yeah. This stuff is worth too much money. Let's see. Let's see. What about the BS excuse why Altuve didn't want his jersey ripped off? Uh, once again, I don't care. I don't care yeah. about any of that. Doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. Okay, the buzzer doesn't matter to me. Like, I just, like, it is what it is. I, Banging on a trash can, wearing a buzzer. At the end of the day, he knew a fastball was coming. And guess what? Dude couldn't get a fastball by him. Yeah. The hardest throwing pitcher in baseball. Why don't you learn to locate that fastball? Oh, no, you don't do that. You just throw really hard. Yeah. And hope that they're afraid of it. Listen, this ain't your wife here. Okay, you're not scaring these guys. No, you're right. You're right about that. All right. I don't feel sorry for any of them. No, I, just, I don't I either. I just don't. I just don't. Like, I, I don't feel like, sorry like, for Judge. Like, I, don't I don't feel just, sorry for uh, for the Dodgers. Tra- tra- my, no, no, no. Like, like, it's not like the Astros never lost that season. No. Like, I mean, if, if they had gone like 160. And they didn't win out, all their home games. Yeah. I know Altuve's home splits were pretty drastic that year. You know whose splits weren't drastic that year? Alex Bregman's. Alex Bregman yeah. was pretty incredible everywhere he played. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Did he do any better at home? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't look at his splits. I know Brett, I know Altuve's splits were pretty drastic. That tends to happen as players get older, though. Miller said, uh, you guys should watch Matt Antonelli. He would change your mind. Ex-big leaguer, and he threw a mean slider. You heard of that guy, Matt Antonelli? I've, I've heard of Matt Antonelli. I mean, I know he's a he's a big league pitcher. I don't know. I didn't know that his slider was special. But I, don't, I don't know what he, I'm what sure he there are other. about. I'm sure there's other pitchers that are better you know, have pretty wicked stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. hang on. Let's let's talk about a. There's a Yankee out there right now, sitting at home, that's telling all these guys, please shut up. And his name's Mariano Rivera. You know why? He threw one pitch. Everybody in the whole planet knew what he was going to throw. There yeah. was no. You didn't need a garbage can. You didn't need a buzzer. He was going to throw a cutter. Yeah. He threw it every pitch, and you couldn't hit it. You know why? Because he was a master at his craft. He didn't just try to go up there and be bigger and stronger and throw harder. If you're a meathead, you're going to get beat sometimes by people who are smarter than you. Yeah. I will take brains over brawn all day long. And this is a guy that has been bigger than most people my entire life and dumber than most people my entire life. Okay? I I will take brains over brawn. Uh, He said, I meant Chapman through a slider. Antonelli is an ex-big league infielder. Okay. Okay. Either way, we have hit over an hour and a half. Sweet. I think it's about time to roll. Uh, go to winningcureseverything.com. We appreciate you guys for checking out the show tonight. Uh, make sure that you hit subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you go subscribe to the podcast. We do appreciate that. Winningcureseverything.com is the website. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, 
uh, videos, everything else is over there. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, go over to Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. We'll be there, by the way. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to announce it yet, but I think we've got the deal done. We should have the deal done. I got an email today. Hadn't read it yet. Got to, got to double check it. Either way, uh, we'll be at Samstown, March 19th, March 20th. So go on and get your reservations. Come hang out with us. Uh, we're going to have a good time watching the NCAA tournament. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but while you're in town, go to tunicatravel.com. They got everything you need to know about all the sports books in town. They've got everything you need to know about all the shows coming through town, all the restaurants, all the different stuff that you can do while you are there. Tunicatravel.com for Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Anything else we need to hit? This has been a lot of fun. I like these where we can just have conversations. Me too. This has been fun. All right, we will see you guys again next time. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.